0: Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 460, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And this is Jason Hart, a.k.a. JMI. Yes! You know, James, I really wish we had the budget to license music, because I really, really, really want to sing The Boys Are Back in Town right now. <laughs> uh it's just you and I, and it's just... It's true. I just want to go... Oh. That that, would be
1: so good. That would be so good.
0: Yeah. Uh, James, tell me something fun. What's going on? Tell me something cool and exciting in your life.
1: Um, I just found out that the premiere of the DuckTales that I am doing will be premiering uh, really soon. And it is going to be, I believe, October 19th. At least that I saw a tweet and saw saw the dates and I was like, oh, cool, that's my episode. I can't say, again, I can't say who I'm playing. Oh, come on. I, am, I can't say, I can't <laughs> say, but I'm so, 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 so excited. And um, I literally have been waiting to do this show since the early early late 80s early 90s when this duck, when the show first came out and i was still i think in high school so all these years later the fact that i get to do this thing is awesome
0: it's gonna be fantastic i'm very excited to hear about all all the stuff that you're you've been working on all the voices you've been doing um yeah it's i a friend i saw a friend of mine who tweeted you got to check out bluey bluey i think the show is called bluey it's yeah. like a little kid's show on disney plus and some other places and, there, and he was like i'll just watch it on my own not even with the kids <laughs> and then i looked at who was following it it's like edge the wrestler edge is following the tv show and it's Whoa. an australian show so i'm like all right animation is is just animation is awesome.
1: blowing up and every voiceover artist will no longer leave and go to a studio because they have that na- <laughs> they now have after all these months all the equipment in their house yeah, in- engineers are now becoming. Uh, what's the guy like? Uh, like, if when Spider-Man had, I- I'm the guy at the computer. So sp- all the engineers are the guy at the computer. <laughs> that- that's what they do now. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. His, his backup, uh, what Genki was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we still have good producers and good and good people out there making them oh, yes. work hard and listen to us banter like they are right now with Zachary and Persia. Uh, but we are not here to just banter about no. animation. We got to talk about everything that's happening this week in Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies tv whatever's happening uh all right first things first i want to talk about wolverine black white and blood this was announced this week we get a bunch of great creators together and we tell all new stories about wolverine from these creators point of view and in black and white but with a little bit of red and because it's wolverine he's gonna Uh be splashing blood and red (laughs) all over uh it's great it's gonna have a weapon x story By Jerry Duggan and Adam Kubert, two of my favorite creators. um, That's actually going to touch on Wolverine's memories and stuff like that, which is really cool.
1: Looking forward to that.
0: Uh, We're going to have Matthew Rosenberg and Joshua Kassara. So the two of them are doing a spy story with Wolverine and Nick Fury. And then the third story is written, drawn, colored, maybe even lettered by Declan Shalvey, another friend of mine, uh, a wonderful Irishman. He's going to be doing a Logan story of just Logan getting caught in a trap and dealing with stuff. And this is some of the like most awesome creators just getting to let loose and tell a cool Wolverine story of their yeah. own with a cool format. Like the idea of a black and white story with just red as your only color is going to be very striking
1: also people have to understand that is a thing um you know um even i don't know if you know the parasite the movie is coming back out in a black and white form so i think this is going to be fantastic i think it's great as far as being a fan of weapon x i've always wanted to know things and also i anytime they let wolverine by himself don't get me wrong i love the x-men but anytime wolverine gets to be by himself so there's no one to tell him what to do the story is always fire
0: (laughs) hell yeah hell yeah uh there's a video game i've been playing called Ghosts of tsushima and it's um set in like uh feudal japan and it's awesome samurai game and it has two modes in it that you can alternately play in one is a black and white mode and then one is a kurosawa mode so it's like they change the contrast a little bit it looks a lot more like an akira kurosawa film uh and like I haven't played it on those just because the colors in this game are so vibrant, but I want to like, get to a certain point and play a bit like that. I think like playing with this kind of stuff is, is exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's classy. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It gives it a very specific feel. Uh, so I'm super hyped for it.
1: I'm predicting classic. I mean, I know I usually don't do that, but I'm, pre- I'm predicting classic and I'm also predicting a lot of opinions and <laughs> discussions online, especially about the Weapon X program because that's something that fans have been arguing about mm-hmm. for 20-some-odd years. Yes. Uh, before we move on, you mentioned the movie Parasite. Did you, did you see that movie? Oh, yes.
0: So I haven't seen it yet because I thought it was a horror movie. Is it a horror
1: movie? <laughs> no, it is okay. not. It's a psychological thriller. All right. And and when I, when, I, when I say thriller, it's not like, it's not a scary thriller. It's like sometimes there are moments where you realize, oh, snap, real life... Just from a decision, can be scary. Yeah, and it's done so well because it's so mundane at the beginning, and by the time you get to the end, you are so sucked in. Trust me. My wife did not want to see Parasite, and I had to explain to her, like, look, look, you know, it's not a scary movie. Let's let's watch it because you know I don't do horror films that well. Yeah. Let's let's try this. The family sat down together, watch this, and it was so hysterical. 'Cause we were I hate to say it. It was we were all talking to the screen. <laughs> was like, everyone was talking to the screen. So and my family is multicultural, so it wasn't just a black thing. Everybody was talking to the screen and it was really hysterical. It was great. Yeah. You when you watch it, you and your wife, you will be talking to the like, Oh yeah, we do the? that all the time. It's, it's so good. Yes.
0: All right, good. We put it on our list, and we were, like, hemming and hawing. It's on Hulu, and so we were going to watch yeah. it last night, but we ended up... Definitely watch it. Uh, we watched 42 hours of The Irishman, so we have an hour and a half left of The Irishman to finish uh, sometime this week. Um, yeah, carve out, like, six days to watch it. You it's, got it. Okay. It's very long. Sounds, sounds uh, but it was good. It was good. All right, we got to get back to comics. Uh, so, more X-Men stuff. Yes. Uh, we revealed this week a bunch of Ten of Swords covers and just... This is something I wanted to remind everybody about. The cover
1: with Apocalypse is awesome.
0: Yes, it rules. This is the huge X-Men crossover. It's going to touch on every X-Men title. It's got a couple of one-shots, and it's 20-plus parts. I think it's 21 or 22 parts. So it is big, massive, and it's really going to encompass everything that the X-Men is all about right now. And it's sort of a way for you to sample all these different titles and characters. If you've maybe only been reading the main X-Men book or Wolverine or whatever, this is done in the style of my favorite X-Men story. So I'm crazy, crazy excited. And this is starting up real soon in next you know month or so. So get hyped and you can go to Marvel.com. You can see all these covers. I know. Um, yeah. You like that, that apocalypse woman. There's
1: yes. just so many
0: good ones. It looks awesome. <laughs> all
1: right.
0: Um, you know, James, every month we have announcements of new comics and things because of the way that the comic cycle runs. We sort of start previewing what's coming in three months time. That helps our retailer friends order for their comic book shops, so that everybody who's listening can go to their comic shops and buy new comics. So you're going to see a lot of announcements happening um, this week and next week. Uh, So the one of the big ones this week is Marvel's voices, indigenous voices, number one. Uh, You were a part of the original Marvel's Voices. I was. uh, Which is great because I believe next week that will be on Marvel Unlimited. So anybody who has not yet read Marvel's Voices you can read the issue on Marvel Unlimited. But this new one, which is going to be coming out in November, is going to be written by Jeffrey Viraji, Rebecca Roanhorse, Darcy Little Badger, and Stephen Graham Jones, with art by Jeffrey Viraji, Wayshot Alvitre, Kyle Charles, and David Cutler. Um, and so these are all amazing uh, Native American voices, indigenous voices. And it's yes. partially, you know, we're releasing this in, in November in part to honor Native American Heritage Month, but um, it's going to be cool. You're going to have. A lot of great characters, a lot of cool stories, a different feel, different tone from some of the other books. I think if if anybody out there liked what we were trying to do with Marvel's voices, I think this is another great look at different voices telling stories in the Marvel universe, but still being exactly what Marvel is.
1: Yeah. It's amazing that you can take the Marvel characters and there are many Marvel characters of color that those characters get more of a pumped up story because folks who are those people are writing those voices and you get a different perspective. And it's also, it's a fun anthology and it's a deep anthology. Some of the stories get real deep and it's fun just to see your characters go in a place you never thought they would go. So trust me guys, this is something you need to see. If you enjoyed the first Marvel voices, number one, definitely pick up Marvel Voices, Indigenous Voices, number one. It's going to it's going to wow you.
0: Yeah, and for anybody who wants to know what characters are going to show up, we're going to see Echo, who uh, she first appeared in Daredevil, and she's been in, in The Avengers. Um, she's a deaf Native American heroine. Uh, and according to the release that we put out, she is set to play a critical part in Marvel Comics, which is awesome. So I'm Good excited be. for that. Got Danny Moonstar, who is a member of The New Mutants, who's just friggin' dope as hell. She rules. She's been a friggin' Valkyrie. Everybody else, move out the way. Danny Moonstar rules. Uh, And then we're going to see Silver Fox, who, you know, talking about Wolverine, talking about his history. It's like Wolverine, one of Wolverine's first loves and tragic nightmare. A year or two ago, we did a thing about, like, the worst things that has happened to Wolverine. And it's just like having to kill Silver (laughs) Fox. and, And oh, man. So look for Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices, number one in November. And of course... Stay tuned for Marvel's Voices interview series, which will launch its newest season later this year. Much more news from that. And uh, we'll, we'll hear from our friend Angelique Rocher real soon. All right. One, uh, one more big comics announcement for this week is Eternals number one. Woo! Uh, this one is crazy. I remember hearing that this creative team was going to be doing this book a while ago, and I'm so glad we're announcing it. And it's coming out in November. It is written by Kieran Gillen, art by Isad Rabish, who, come on, the two of them, Isad uh, (laughs) has done some of my favorite Marvel work, whether it's the Loki series from 2004, Secret Wars, his amazing work on Thor with Jason Aaron, or he did a Conan one-shot, all painted and almost all dialogless in, I think it was earlier this year or late last
1: year. You talked about that, yeah. Oh, dude,
0: it's amazing. It's so good. And Kieran, I mean, Kieran's just sweetheart baby wonderful boy uh with young avengers or all his star wars work and so this one is i'll just read quickly the the little brief about it It says for millions of years 100 eternals have roamed the earth secret protectors of humanity without them we'd be smears beneath the teeth of the demon-like deviants their war has raged for all time echoing in our myths and nightmares but today eternals face something new change can they, or anyone on Earth, survive their discovery?
1: Which tells you nothing. <laughs> but still draws you in and makes you go, I wonder what that change is. Hell yeah. I have to read this. Uh, I love it. Uh,
0: everybody's going to be talking about Eternals in, in time. Um There's some great Eternals comics that we've had and uh, i'm very excited for this um so yeah look out for that coming in november and if you are going to your local comic shop there's gonna be tons of variant covers with eternals so ask your local comic shop for one of the variants that tickles your fancy there's plenty of them they're gonna look awesome um yeah so stay tuned for that i miss when we were in the office regularly i would get the make readies of yeah, all the comics. Yeah, yeah. So it would have all the variant covers and I would just like pick and choose the ones I want and put them up on my wall. <laughs> I, I ain't got that right now, which is I, right before everything happened. I bought this the, this like like setup to put panels of comics on uh. the wall. And so it was like, instead of me taping up the comics themselves. Okay. And I have nowhere to put it. I, maybe I'll put it up in the baby's room. Good <laughs> idea.
1: She ain't, she ain't going to care. <laughs> she just looks up and just sees just t- tons of comic covers like huh yeah I'll great. put all the the Wolverine you know red, <laughs> red white
0: and black uh cover
1: she will she will never be afraid of anything if you have that's in her room yeah nothing will make her, nothing will scare her
0: nope 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 <laughs> On the video game front, uh, of course, we've been talking about Marvel's Avengers lately. And that's the beta still going on, <laughs> uh, and that's that was coming so out. much fun. I know that's coming out September fourth, so it's so soon. And then, so uh, on a different sort of game front, we've got Summoner Showdown twenty twenty happening, and the qualifiers are beginning this week. Of course, this is for Marvel's Contest of Champions, the mobile it game, is. fighting game with. 170-plus characters in there. So if you think you've got what it takes, take your best character. Summoner, you will have to go up against Silver Surfer this week. As of the time that this episode releases, there are a few more days left. The round opened on the 17th and closes on the 24th. This is but the first of three qualifying rounds. You can go to summonershowdown.com for more details uh, to see the schedule of things. This is going to be going on for a while. So nice. I think... We have a, I know we have a lot of listeners who are Marvel's Contest of Champions players. I think there's even a comment in here a little bit later from uh, in the community section that ties into that. But, like, do it. What's the worst that can happen? You you get your tail kicked immediately right. by someone who's much better. And then you're like, <laughs> I tried.
1: You got to at least try. Hey, I. You said you said, you know. This you know, put your hat out there. You know, do your best. I did my best. I, I I'm terrible. I
0: <laughs>
1: put a team together and was destroyed. Yep. Pretty sure it was by by some twelve year old someplace. But I had a good time.
0: Yeah, that that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, so best of luck to all you summoners getting out there. And uh, if you make it towards the end, I'll be there. I'll be watching. I'll be commenting. I'll be uh, a part of the show as we get into things.
1: Work. That's cool. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. All right. James, it is time for the interview for this episode. is with Michelle Carre.
1: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, she's she's awesome. She worked for Buzzfeed and then she sort of broke out on her own with her own YouTube channel. She is amazing. Her fitness like
1: That's goals, ridiculous. Her stuff is ridiculous. I saw her training as like a hero, and I was like. Um, yeah, I feel like I really need to do something with my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lorraine and
0: I got to, to chat with her recently talking about, you know, all these, um, videos where she trains like a superhero, but also she does some really cool stuff with just like working towards trying to be an expert in something in a, in a, like a short period of time, whether it's being a chef or being a firefighter or a stunt person, like all kinds of different things. But for her superhero training series, she's done Spider-Man, Black Widow, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Punisher. It's really awesome. She was a lot of fun. So let's hear from Michelle Carey right now.
2: I really wanted to talk to someone who I knew for a fact could beat me up. Um, So we've invited Michelle. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Oh, no. I'm not going to beat you up. (laughs) You are an awe-inspiring lady about town with with the physical feats, I have to say. Well,
3: thank you. Oh, my goodness. So wonderful to be here with you guys. Watching the
0: Spider-Man video, just like any of the videos but Spider-Man, I was like, oh, that's a human who can pull themselves up with just their arms, that is a very strong person. <laughs>
2: um, so something we like to ask a lot when people come to visit us through their internet now these days, what is your Marvel origin story? So I think my first
3: introduction to Marvel was actually through my dad. So my dad is in, is Indian. He immigrated here from India and he read Spider-Man, a lot of the original comics, as a way to learn English. Um, he oh. came over when he was about 10 years old so by that point, it's it's quite difficult to learn a new language, especially when you think of how different Hindi and English are. And he turned to comic books as a way to learn the language and also to escape a lot of the difficulties he was facing as an immigrant. And so I remember as a kid, he, he just had a closet full of the comics. And I would go and look at them and everything. So Spider-Man I mean, I I think everyone loves Spider-Man. Spider-Man is so many people's (laughs) favorite hero, Um, but Spider-Man is definitely one of my first favorites. And then, of course, by tangent, Spider-Gwen. I love (laughs) Spider-Gwen. And then from there, as I grew up, um, sort of as the MCU started bolstering and gaining so much traction, I definitely fell in love with it all over again. And, of course, when Miss Marvel was announced as as a new property coming out, became even more connected to what was going on To as the first well-known South Asian hero in the universe was really exciting for me. And so as I grew up and became an athlete, after I um, stopped cycling professionally as a professional cyclist in college, I started trying to find other ways to utilize my physical skill to learn other things. And I had a few opportunities to do stunt work and audition for different movies and stuff like that for stunts. And I fell in love with combining my physical background with the preparation for a role. Anytime a new film comes out in the MCU or, or TV show for that matter, I'm always curious about how people prepare and train for the fight scenes. And truly, I feel that the physical manifestation of the character in that way is how we bridge the supernatural with the real. And so I started this series on my YouTube channel called MKUltra, where each month I would pick a different superhero And train like them for the entire month alongside, usually, we were very lucky to get the actual stunt double from the film. So I trained with the lead stunt double on Spider-Man, on Marvel's Punisher. Uh, most recently, I trained with Kelly McAllister, who is one of the lead stunt doubles on Black Widow. And I love this because, uh, you know, I mean, we I would train and then at the end, we write a cinematic fight scene mm-hmm. for me to perform in. So, I mean, naturally, it's great because I want to, whenever the opportunity comes about where I, I could be in some sort of action-based TV show or film... I always say that I want to show that I can do it and not just say I can do it. And so um, it was really important for me to get to meet and learn directly from people who are actually embodying these characters and heroes. And also really wonderful and humbling to get to meet a lot of people from the stunt community because to me, when I think of Black Widow, of course, there's Scarlett Johansson, I mean, she's the face of the character, but I also think about Heidi Moneymaker. I think about Kelly McAllister, because all, all of them combined really are the portrayal of this superhero. And I mean, a superhero is a superhero for a reason. Um, they are not human, and therefore I think it takes lots of people to make that hero come to life.
2: And you get to live, I mean, I think so many fans are like, I would just love to be able to, you know, do that classic like where she jumps up in the sky and like clamps somebody with the thighs and like drops them. Yes! And you're like, it's so <laughs> incredible and I think it's really just awesome that you you get to have like sort of the ultimate real life experience of, of getting to live the hero life. I know, I feel very lucky. <laughs>
0: Lorraine have you ever done that kind of stuff I know I did at um at Heidi's she has a a studio right by the airport in LA um she has a stunt studio and I remember for Marvel Studios uh Captain America Civil War we did a thing
2: that's right you went and did that thing I remember that
0: I did a whole stunt thing there that was a lot of fun with with the stunt coordinators there at that place. And that was really fun. I f- did you do one for Defenders,
2: Lorraine? I did one for Defenders where I learned how to flip on a wire, Yeah, which was oh my God. really cool. But you feel so not cool flipping <laughs> on a wire. <laughs> you're kind of got like a weird wedgy situation happening with like a harness. And then you're like just trying to look really stable when you're flying through the air. It's
3: incredible how uncomfortable all of this. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: There's true. nothing
3: like sexy or glamorous about it. When it's happening,
0: <laughs> but they, like the cool part of it is seeing how they do the tricks in camera, both the physical activity and then the like what you perceive to be a contact or a hit or a movement that is just so well framed and put together. I Me mean, not being a filmmaker of any sort, just like watching them cut that all together, I was like, man,
3: this is really. These guys it really crazy. is it's an art form i mean it's an art form from all respects i mean you think about the camp like camera department has to know what they're doing in order to sell a hit art department has to deliver in terms of if things need to break in the scene like hair and makeup have to make sure scarlett johansson's hair is out of the way for all the moves so like every department is involved in making one punch sell on camera <laughs>
2: So, Michelle, for you, do you feel like you have one Marvel superhero that you fight the most like since you fought, like, so many? Oh, my gosh. That's such a great question. <laughs> I mean, there are definitely ones I wish I could
3: uh, move more like <laughs> than others. I would say I really like and identify a lot with Jessica Jones. Very just, like, gritty, uh, one-two punch type thing. When you get into Black Widow, Spider-Man, all those types of heroes, at least from the doubling perspective, you really need to have a lot of gymnastics background (laughs) and a ton of flexibility and tumbling and air awareness. And when I think about Holland Diaz, who doubles on Spider-Man or even Kella, I'm like, you know what, they're a different level. Um, But I really love Jessica Jones' style of fighting and just who she is as a character too. Yeah, she can sock somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very straightforward with Jessica Jones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when you're training, like, Black Widow, you did that most recently compared to, say, Spider-Man or Iron Fist? Correct. Did doing the others teach you anything or inform you or, like, get you ready for anything that you were going to get into when you were a Black Widow?
3: Absolutely just like anything else it's a cumulative skill being able to do these fight scenes or even stunt choreography so lots of repetitions of anything in that realm is super super helpful and black widow is one of the most difficult characters to truly embody because she is so flexible and agile and makes it look so easy so yeah i would say that the ones that helped me the most for black widow were Spider Man. Iron Fist was actually quite helpful, as you just mentioned, because for Kung Fu, you have to have so much flexibility and precision and also just (laughs) self-discipline. We worked with a Kung Fu master for that video, and it was very intense. And then also just being able to show up to set prepared and ready and able to adjust. So for example, for Black Widow, we rehearsed entirely in a gym with padded mats when you get to set, you're on concrete, it's very different. Oof. And you don't have time to like say, well, I'm nervous or I don't know about this because you have to make your day. You have to hit all of these deadlines for filming. So you have to just be ready to roll, literally roll with the punches. Um, <laughs> and obviously getting to do that multiple times over and over again is very humbling and very helpful to at least even anticipate what to expect on the set.
2: What are your favorite moves to do? as Black Widow, because she has so many great sort of signature things that she does.
3: Yes, I really loved learning even just the simple landing pose for Black Widow. I love that with the Marvel characters, you could look at a silhouette of each of them and really know who each is. I mean, that's a testament to how strong and um, characterized the comics are. Um, And I love that the stunts and the, the live action films really bring that to life as well. And you would think like, oh, just landing in her three-point pose is it's so simple. It's the basic. I spent like an hour um, with her stunt double, Kella, working on just the landing pose. You because gotta
2: stick the landing.
3: Stick the landing, have your hand and your your hair a certain way and like breathing like uh, like a black widow would. Um, there's a lot of like background research involved and everything. But I think my favorite one, I, I don't even know if there's a name for it, but we did this one where I ducked under my opponent's hook, swung around on his back, and then took him to the ground and rolled out of it. And that was really, really exciting. That
0: sounds cool. cool. Yeah, (laughs) that sounds like a lot of fun, like a great Tuesday.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, anything involving like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or rolling on the ground in that type of way is so intense and, and really fun when you pull it off.
0: Yeah. Obviously, we wouldn't say anybody who's listening, just dive in and start training any of these because there's there's a lot of work that goes into any of them. So please take all this with like, oh, yeah, not everyone can just get up and do this. But if someone who is super fit and who is an athlete like yourself, who has been doing all kinds of, you know, cool activity for years and years wants to get into one of these and see some of your videos, and they are, they're cool, they're inspiring, they like watching you get ready and like seeing just the progression of your excitement and your knowledge and your ability as you go from the beginning of a process to the end, which one would you say, hey, if you're gonna do one of these, try this?
3: I mean, they're, I'm gonna be honest, they're all hard. Um, <laughs> even even a lot of the heroes that re- rely a lot on CGI, for example, Captain Marvel. I think of Brie Larson still trained really, really hard for that role, even, even though a lot of it was CGI, she did a lot of it herself. I would say pick the one you are most excited about. And and just go hard. I mean, train hard. (laughs) I I mean, pick the one you want to do and go hard. And that's why I started with Spider Man, honestly, because I was most excited about it. And I, I thought a lot of other people might be excited to see it as well. And yeah, I mean, go hard in the one you're most excited about, but also make sure you're working with people who know what they're doing so you are safe because um, even though stunts are Hollywood and, and they're obviously safety precautions, it's still stunts and it's, uh, it's risky at times.
2: You know, I'm curious because you're talking about like stunts are stunts and they are hard and you you're really doing those things even if there are wires and and whatever I know you do your series challenge accepted where you do all these different kinds of challenges which is harder the superhero challenges versus say something like being in NASA or (laughs) so you're
3: referring to like is it more difficult to go to police academy than it is to train for Black Widow Um, and I think that each of, you know, each of the, this feels like a cop-out answer, but each of them is very difficult. Um, I, I find that in any of my videos, I'm constantly humbled by how difficult any profession is when you really try to go all out in anything. And I think that I do put more pressure on myself when I do the superhero series though, because That has so much heart and passion and personal attachment to it for me. I also think about how difficult it is to get cast in any of the Marvel properties, how hard all of those actors work, how hard all of the stunt performers work. And I feel a sense of gratitude and also like, I don't want to let these people down. I can't I
2: can't let Peter Parker down.
3: You know, I mean, I recognize the privilege I have of of being able to do these things and get to meet these people. And I would never want anyone to watch any of my videos and say, eh, she kind of like botched it. So I better go 104% every single time.
2: The Marvel fans are voracious.
3: They are, <laughs> and I respect it, I really do. And sometimes that's that's stressful for me because I'm like, man, Ah, uh, I know they're expecting me to do a backflip off a desk for Daredevil. I guess I have to do a backflip <laughs> off a desk for Daredevil. And that is so hard. Um, but I like Marvel and Marvel properties, too, because there's there's no easy way out. I mean, there's no cutting corners in, in anything from the comics to the films, TV shows. Everything is 104%. So if I'm going to even, you know, honor that in, in 1% of fashion... I have to give give him my all as well.
0: Um, I, I like the the challenge accepted. I you know that that whole concept and everything. And, and you know, I, I think about the MK Ultra series, and maybe not all of that is applicable in a day to day you know life for you. <laughs> yeah. But of the challenges that you've done, and you know the all the professions, and seeing all this stuff, and really getting in somebody's shoes. Has any of that carried over past when you've, you know, you've finished working through these things? Do you carry any of this stuff with you or think about it as you're, like, going from day to day, like, bringing that stuff into your now normal routines?
3: Absolutely. I mean... Well, first of all, you never know when you're going to get bit by a spider. <laughs> I'm just going to say that.
2: <laughs>
0: if you get bit by a spider, for anybody listening, please go see a doctor like <laughs> immediately. A doctor.
2: That's a big deal. And then wait for superpower. <laughs> oh, yes. God. We are not
0: liable for anything.
2: <laughs> um,
3: but I mean, with uh, any of the like Marvel-inspired videos we do, I always learn so much, even just at the basis of empathy. Uh, empathy for anyone who who works on the films, who is a part of stunts. And I find that when I did my episode of training at Fire Academy, and literally I entered a burning building at the end of that challenge and experienced what that felt like and how terrifying it was with real live fire, I definitely look at the news and look at the wildfires in California with, with much more care and concern um, than I did before. So empathy is the biggest thing that I learn in terms of like practical everyday skills. This is going to sound kind of strange, but I actually learned a lot doing an, an episode where I trained for and entered a Miss USA beauty pageant. We did a docuseries sort of uncovering what is it actually like to be in a beauty pageant. And I'm someone who's very skeptical of that type of stuff, quite honestly. But I thought, you know what, I'll explore it. I mean, it's all over TLC t- Toddlers and Tiaras it's a big thing. I'm from the South, so people do a lot of this kind of stuff over there and I really wanted to understand if if somebody like me who doesn't really know anything about beauty pageants really could succeed or what does that take? And what I really appreciated learning in the Beauty Pageant episode was I learned a lot actually in the interview component. Of how to answer a question, even here in this podcast, <laughs> or really how to stick your landing when you're speaking publicly. And I also just learned a lot about my personal confidence speaking to other people or strangers or in front of a group. So I, I took that with me from my Marines episode where I trained at Marine Boot Camp. I really got my ass handed to me. <laughs> and uh, I think of myself as someone who's very, you know regimented and strict and i'm i'm good on my schedule um and i'm very type a but when you go to marine boot camp you learn a whole new level of type a and i really realized how how many times in a day i decide okay maybe i'll i'll do that later or tomorrow or i don't know if i want to do this thing that makes me a little bit uncomfortable and Going to Marine boot camp even for a few days really shook that out of me. <laughs> There's nowhere to hide there. And, and I appreciated that. I mean, at the, at the time I really needed that wake up call. I mean, even as somebody, again, who abides by Google Calendar by the book and, and does all that, it was, you know, it, it really uh, got me off my feet and I came back and I was really hitting the ground running a lot with my channel
2: after that. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, we are in the core the Great core, core of 2020. <laughs> 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 oh, Lord. My God. <laughs> and I know that you know how to do an extreme body makeover because you have a show of the same name. So if you were going to give us one one little bit of um, how to take care of yourself during the great core, what do you do? Help a soft type B. <laughs> oh, my
3: gosh. I mean, I think that some people look at my channel or other health and fitness people who do this type of stuff and think they have it all together or they're still working out in quarantine. And quite honestly, the first month of quarantine was incredibly difficult for me. I mean, people were DMing me and emailing me. What are you doing for quarantine? I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm, I'm trying to get my life in order. I'm trying to understand what this means for the world. My family is on the front lines of COVID relief, so I, I was concerned about that. And I definitely went a few weeks without truly taking care of my body. That said, I once I did, and I, I mean, there are lots of resources, you know, if you wanna do an online program or at home thing, that's great, and there are so many of those. But I think just taking 30 minutes a day to take care of yourself, whether it's, I'm gonna stare at the wall and do nothing, I'm gonna meditate, I'll stretch, I'll go outside on a run. I think taking that time for yourself and and taking care of your body, even just drink a glass of water. I, I think that's <laughs> it. I mean, maybe that's not the the most uh, regimented type answer, but I think it's the truth. I mean, the world is, is hurting and in order for us to save it, we have to take care of ourselves first. For some people, that means working out five times a week at the park. And for some people, that means I'm going to go on a walk for 10 minutes once a day. And and that, that helps re-energize me.
2: I think that's, I mean, it's very true. An important part of of everything is just like surviving this time as happily as we can. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. (laughs) Um, Your videos are so cool. Where can everybody watch MKUltra and all the other cool stuff that you do?
3: Well, thank you guys so much for having me. And thank you to everyone at home for listening. If you want to watch any of my videos, you can check me out on YouTube at Michelle Kare, K-H-A-R-E. And I'll see you there. (laughs) Woohoo! Thanks, Michelle. Thank Thank you. you so much for having me. Bye.
0: Big thanks again to Michelle Carré. You can find her on her YouTube channel and social media and all that other stuff. And if anybody else out there tries to uh, do what she does and and go full into training like a superhero, kudos to you. That's uh, that's awesome.
1: She's in such good shape, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm training like a superhero. I'm training like Spider Woman by holding a baby. (laughs) Our baby over here, Catherine Grace, she is 24 pounds. Her first tooth finally just broke the surface. Yes. That thing is razor sharp, (laughs) it is wild. Uh she's having a good time. She's she's a wonderful little baby, and we're very happy.
1: I am training like a superhero as well. Yeah. I, I am tra I am training my mind. I am Ooh. trying to be more like the smartest people in Marvel, Doctor Doom, and Tony Stark. I'm and of course Mr. Fantastic, who I know you love. I am really <laughs> trying to uh to work on my mind with different readings, because uh my workout schedule is uh not as good as I want it to be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, we, we we did a, like, walk run this morning. We have Peloton, so he took the app with us, and we did a nice nice walk run. It was good. If I close my eyes, I can hear you training like Hank McCoy. You sound like yes. the Beast, so I do. you got I, that down.
1: I sit on my head while reading a book just to see how much knowledge can be retained. Please, <laughs> Logan. Please, Logan, calm down. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs>
0: got it man you got it uh enough of that we got to get to our question of the week for this week and it's going to tie into next week's episode which is going to be james you and myself and lorraine we're going to be celebrating marvel's 81st birthday
1: that's awesome
0: so i was thinking maybe our question of the week could be for everybody listening uh what is your favorite marvel decade and favorite moment from within that Ooh. decade. So, um, you know, think about, you know, we're going to be touching on, you know, so many years and so many different things. And there's so much to pull from any given decade. You know, for me, I think I would pick... Oh, man, so I'm torn. I'm torn between the 90s <laughs> because, you, you know, the 90s and reading uh, X-Men Executioner Song, which is really like uh, a yeah. big sprawling x-men story that like put its hooks into me and really like never let go and that was really formative for me as a comic book reader and as a marvel fan but then i think well what about 2007 2008 because i just started at marvel so Mm -hmm. the 2000s and then secret invasion which was also a big crossover series but Where I was at Marvel, I was part of things. I wrote a secret invasion tie-in story. Like, all of that means so much to me. So I'm torn. I'm going to go with that one. I'm going to go with that one that's a little bit more close to, to who I am right now.
1: I kind of feel the same way I was going to say uh, late 80s because I remember, you know, the first Secret Wars and the first black outfit, you know, the you know, the first time we ever saw the symbiont. And I remember just getting all into that Peter Davids, uh, the Hulk, you know, Mr. Fixit and things like that. But then uh, I have to say, you know, this last couple of years, I got to be around Marvel and got to got the privilege. And I definitely call it a privilege to, you know, write a Spider-Man comic, two of them that this is spider-man you know when you think of marvel don't get me wrong i love the mcu and iron man when you think of marvel peter parker and spider-man and the fact that i got to put my name on the list with those greats that have made some amazing stories that have changed people's not childhood people's lives so i have to I'll, i'll go with the win when i first when i first joined
0: I love it. That's perfect. Uh, let's uh, let's remember to ask Lorraine for hers next week. Yes. Please. And then we will read some of those from all the listeners. And of course, you can tweet your answers using hashtag this week in Marvel. You can email them to twimpodcast at Marvel or send a message to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. Again, the question of the week is what is your favorite Marvel decade and favorite moment from within that decade?
1: look forward to those answers.
0: Yeah, but for this week, we've got a whole bunch in here. James, you want to read the first one from Mr. Titanium?
1: Mr. Titanium at Mr. Titanium 18. Hashtag This Week in Marvel. Hey, guys, my wife is a teacher. She has some great comics in her class collection. They start the year this year virtual. Is Hashtag Marvel Unlimited a good option for kids to get some free comic reading done? Uh, great question,
0: Mister Titanium. There are definitely some free books in Marvel Unlimited. It's it's a great resource. You know, it's it's tough. There's there's free books on Marvel Unlimited, and that is definitely going to help. I think a library is also you know of course such a great uh, resource. Um, you know, I know a lot of libraries. You can request books. They'll get books. Yeah. More and more libraries have comics. Um so hopefully that can help as well uh and I hope these kids have access to libraries I'm very excited for our daughter to to get old enough to read and where we can make weekly trips to the library to take out various books for her. I have to go to the library. I want to get a Spanish textbook. I've been working on my Spanish more and more. And I, I just, I want something
1: more to sink my teeth into. But also there are um, libraries that do have a virtual, um, virtual world like the New York City library has a virtual thing that you can download and things. So you should check into that to see if they have any free comic books that can go, uh, that can help you out. But yeah, a lot of the library are now also going virtual with not only uh, their books, but also audiobooks. So that could help your wife's collection. Uh, yeah. Um, but so, Mr. Titanium, I would say have her
0: check out Marvel Unlimited, the free section first, see how many are in there, and from there, expand. Uh, I hope say. that helps. All right. Karis Pollard at a Karis Pollard says, so my this week in Marvel of the week goes once again to Empire. (laughs) doing my best Al Ewing there. Uh, She says, not just as a belated birthday gift for writer Al Ewing, the art by Valerio Schietti and Marte Gracia is just gorgeous to look at. And there's wonderful Billy moments. The opening page is heartwarming. Empire is super good. The tie-ins have been incredible. Uh, It's, A story about alien murderous plants coming to Earth to (laughs) destroy all flesh is pretty Pretty great. great. Uh, And it's all kind of, if if you've been reading along, it's all been kind of leading to a big battle in Wakanda. And look, you come after Black Panther and the King of Wakanda. You best be ready.
1: Yeah, you better be ready.
0: Uh, All right. What do we got
1: next? The Tech Lord and Lex Pendragon. I saw your article that Christopher Cantwell is taking over Iron Man. Does that mean Dan slot is going to focus on Fantastic Four and Empire? Empire is epic. I haven't acknowledged that it's a limited event series yet. <laughs> um,
0: so, yeah, I think that this was always Dan's plan is he had the stories that he wanted to tell in Iron Man and he wanted to tell, you know, like all leading up to it and then Iron Man 2020. like. Dan's goal was just to be on Iron Man in the year 2020, so he could write Iron Man 2020. 2020. And he did it. Uh, I just read the final part of that. It's really good. It's gorgeous art. um, And it wraps it up wonderfully for Christopher Cantwell, who is a writer and one of the creators of Halt and Catch Fire TV show. Uh, He's writing an amazing Doctor Doom series right now. So... That was always Dan's plan and Fantastic Four, you know, he's focusing on that. Empire, I believe at this point, has got to be done. Um, they probably finished writing it a while. Uh, but Dan's always got stuff going on, you know. I may or may not be uh, going to a Marvel Comics editorial retreat virtually very soon. And I will find out much more about what Dan's working on and everybody else. I know Dan's long-term plans. Ooh. And I,
1: I say no more. Leave him wanting more.
0: Yes. Uh, last... Community tweeting here is from the Kauai Prince, our pal at Colin J. E. They say my favorite Iron Man armor is Hulkbuster because while building my contest of champions team, Hulkbuster was my strongest champion. Plus, an armor that can take on slash replace the Hulk is just awesome. <laughs> James, you have a favorite Iron Man armor?
1: Um, I, That 80s one where like it kind of looks like spandex type one. I don't, don't know why. It, it it's It's metal, but it's like liquid metal. Is it like the hip discs one? Uh, yes, it's the hip discs one. Yeah,
0: it was where he wore it in like Secret Wars. Yeah,
1: and it's it's yeah it's it's the I had the I had the Secret Wars action figure yes. of that one. It's something yes. about the fact that his metal was like so liquid, it just like stuck to his body. Don't get me wrong, I love the new look of the realistic look, but that one just it was so damn cool. <laughs>
0: it <was> so cool, <laughs> yeah. It's I love that. Uh, also, you got to put the Iron Man armor with roller skates as high up I- as possible. Uh, And if anybody thinks we're joking, we're not. I forgot about that one. Because (laughs) comics are insane in the best way possible. Well, what I
1: love is that, you know, there's a moment in in history where you have to reflect the times. And, you know, I'm not going to say another character, but there was another character on cartoons that had roller skates. Uh, on his feet and so everybody had roller skates on their feet so yes yeah. it was yeah, it's really good not yeah. roller blades, i love roller skates
0: you know i i saw two kids this morning probably late teens early 20s with roller skates
1: in in the park it's coming back people are enjoying the the whole four wheels thing you yeah. know it's wild everything comes in cycles yes indeed
0: um james that's a wrap this episode of This Week in Marvel is produced by Percy Verlin, Zachary Goldberg, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos.
1: Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. Jill Duboff is our director
0: of audio, and we give special thanks to Liquid Metal Spandex for making these boys look so good when we go out on the town.
1: So good, shiny, shiny liquid paint. I'm Ryan, and I'm James. And this is Marvel, your universe.